0: And... Cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah. It's called music.
1: All right. So, if you don't like Black Sabbath, then fuck you. (laughs) You're not going to like this episode either. Uh... So yeah, episode 19. Andy, you want to kick us off
0: with the details? Yeah, well I thought, usually we do every other weekend, uh, we talk about new albums, and I thought since we already went through Ozzy's uh, discography, uh, let's just do a special one since everybody's like stuck inside. Let's have some fun and go through all of the uh, Sabbath albums with Ozzy. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be ranking the nine Sabbath albums with Ozzy. And then also listing our top 10 favorite songs. Hell yeah, we are. Yeah. All right, man.
1: Well, I don't really know if there's any unsabbath-related details we want to talk about in the music world. Um, Everything's kind of just on hold anyhow, so there's not much else to talk about.
0: I do have one thing that I wanted to mention. I wanted to, like, I put this in big, bold notes. Like... Is my first um, note. Um, remember last um, episode? I said I went to Benny's and I was getting the Megadeth beer, and there was a guy buying cases of Bush Light.
1: Oh, I yeah. shit
0: you not. I went to go buy more beer uh, the other day, and there was a guy in his shopping cart had two cases of Bush Light, and I was like, "Holy shit, is that the same guy?" Might be. I don't know. There's an awful lot of people
1: that that's just what they drink you know and when they buy it they buy it (laughs) of course it's like water man if you've ever drank bush light you're you're pissing as much as you're drinking the whole time man. you get like three or four in and you're just like holding it you know trying (laughs) to not break the seal anytime you drink with those people they're always like don't break the seal man and at best, you get like eight in. You feel like you're going to piss your pants. And then after that, every half a beer, you're having to take a piss because it's just like water and it goes
0: through you. So The only time I've ever had bush light was at schooners and those big goblets because I think that's the only thing they have on draft is bush. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, probably so. Although, I guess it depends which schooners. I don't know. I feel like I drank – I used to drink Bud Light. Maybe it was Miller Lite. I can't remember. I fucking hate Miller Lite, though. So, I imagine it was probably Bud Light. But anyhow, we used to have uh, many late nights spent at schooners getting hammered on those goblets. So,
0: good times. I feel like I need a goblet for uh, talking about Black Sabbath. Like some kind of big uh, chalice or something. That's true, man. I
1: feel like if I was drinking this Bloody Mary out of a goblet, it'd be far more metal than, yeah. and what the fuck I'm doing here. But your goblet of rock, <laughs> goblet of rock, dude. Funny enough, we used to call the. I think cor- my wife came up with the the nickname when we were at Schooners all the time. She used to call them goblets of fire. So <laughs> I don't know. We were dorks. Still are dorks. But. So yeah, man. uh, Yeah, aside from talking about this coronavirus, which I don't personally want to talk about that anymore, and I don't really want to talk about everybody's living room concert because everybody and their brothers doing that shit, which I think would be cool and you know moderation, but some of these some of these people doing like three hour fucking shows in their living room, it's like, man. I mean, it's cool. They I get they miss performing and stuff and it's just something to do to try to put like to keep live music going and I get the point of it but man to sit and watch on Facebook on your phone or on your tablet or computer or whatever three hours worth of a dude sitting in his living room playing music it's like does anybody does that really hold anyone's attention for three hours I it
0: certainly doesn't mine. if it does with some people then great but yeah, like I think yeah, like you're saying, the three hours is a bit excessive. But I like how some people, some of those musicians, are like, "Hey, we're gonna have kind of like an online tip jar, and I'll uh, pay my band members because they're uh, not salaried employees or something." Right. You know, like I kind of respect that. Yeah, that and
1: some of the local artists are donating their tips to you know. Yeah, bars, bars and, and stuff that can't be open right now, which is really cool. And I get that some of these people—I mean, some of them—that's all they do for a living is play music. So it's kind of a different thing, I guess. You know, me—I'm employed still. I'm still going to work every day, getting my paycheck. So I'm—you know—cursed and blessed, I guess. <laughs> Part of me is like, man, I don't. Am I am I better off doing this instead of collecting unemployment or? Am I going to end up getting this, you know, is it just a matter of time before all of us that are at work every day end up getting it and taking it home to our families? I, I don't really know. So,
0: Yeah. Guess we'll yeah, find out. <laughs> so, uh, but um, I do have to ask you this, though. So I don't know if we've ever, uh, we've talked about Ozzy and like Tony Iommi and stuff, but do you have, like, an introduction to Sabbath, or, like, do you remember the first song you ever heard? Oh, man. You know, I'm trying to think. The very, very
1: first time, it's kind of hard to tell. I don't—you know what? I think the first time I ever heard a Sabbath um, or heard Sabbath, but it was another band covering them, um, I had heard of them, but I'm not— certain whether i'd actually heard them or not but the first ugly kid joe ep i got it for easter on cassette and i remember (laughs) for easter (laughs) yeah yeah my i don't know i don't think my parents paid much attention my mom you know probably didn't pay attention to the little kid flipping the bird and all that and the bottle of booze in his back pocket and everything buys me that for easter because she knew i wanted it and so anyhow at the end of that there was a uh there's a cover of sweet leaf on there and i i'm pretty certain that was the first time i ever heard that song because i mean shit that was like 1991 maybe i don't even know i mean i was only like i mean it might have been earlier than that i was only like nine or ten years old tops I remember being really young and driving all the way back from my aunt's house in Indianapolis, listening to that cassette over and over again, because there was only like six songs. It was just an EP. I cranked it over and over again, and I just thought that song, at the end, it was like, I think it was that, and then they went in, it was like it went straight from Sweet Leaf into one of their own songs, um, and I just... You know, obviously at first I didn't realize it was Sabbath until reading the liner notes and shit in the cassette and then figuring out, oh, fuck, that's a Black Sabbath song. And then then I think I'd only heard maybe kind of the hits for a while, and I started getting deeper into Sabbath when I bought one of the Ozzy compilation things, and there was a demo for Fairies Wear Boots. And I was like, man, this song's really fucking cool. I've never heard this one before. And then that's what got me, like, actually buying their albums and listening to kind of the deeper
0: tracks and stuff, you know? So. Yeah, I think it was the same for me, actually, because I was trying to remember, like, uh, the first Sabbath song that I ever heard. And I can't I can remember. I think it was probably Iron Man, most likely for
1: both yeah. of us, you know what I mean? Because that was, like, the most common. I don't know. I mean, me learning to play guitar and shit, like, that was just a. There was, you know, that was one of those songs. Iron Man was right up there with, like, smoke on the water as far as riffs that you just basically you have to learn. <laughs> they're easy, <laughs> and they're catchy and recognizable, and you feel like a badass when you first learn it. So,
0: but. Yeah, because I think mine was uh, just covers, too, because Metallica had that garage ink, and they did a Sabbath song. And like, Faith No More, I think they oh, had yeah, war Warpigs, so I was pigs. just like, all that was just covers uh, that I remember hearing. Right.
1: Well, I mean, dude, we're not that old. We didn't grow up yeah. in the 70s, so we can't sit here and sound like a bunch of assholes and be like, oh, I got, I got into Black Sabbath back in the day, man. My introduction was master of reality. I mean... I was a baby and I was giving the devil horns. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. I mean, if you had like an older uncle or something that just, you know, spoon fed you this shit when you were young, like, hey, check this out. But, you know, I, <clears throat> I remember seeing, actually, I think my uncle did have the first Black Sabbath album in his record collection. I remember seeing that and just thinking, man, this is spooky as fuck, you know, because it's just such an eerie looking cover. But I don't know that I ever listened to it, you know. I mean, I obviously have now, but I mean, back then. (laughs) I don't know that I ever listened to his actual record of that. So, I don't know, man. They're one of those bands. I think we've talked about this with, like, KISS and some other bands and maybe even the Ozzy episode. That there's, like, a mystique when you're a child, you know, and that kind of satanic vibe has, like, more... kind of has more weight to it, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of believe in that shit a
0: little bit when you're a kid. Yeah. And so... Even the Iron Maiden albums, uh, too, speaking of that, because they always have Eddie on the front. I'm like, holy shit,
1: man, this is some scary stuff. There's a reason why when I was younger, I didn't listen to, you know, I didn't listen to Iron Maiden until I was a teenager. And then obviously, you want to start listening to some shit that, you know, I don't know. Same reason you do all the other crazy shit you do when you're a teenager, right? You're like, oh, well, if this is satanic, then hmm. Maybe I wanna fuck around and oh, yeah. dance with the devil for a minute and see what happens. Same reason why somebody, you know, bust a Ouija board out at a party, you know, you you talk a ton of shit, like ah shit ain't real. And then somebody busts one out at a party when you're a kid and it's like, whoo. And then you get nervous playing with it and stuff, and <laughs> then now I look back on it and I'm like, God, dude, the 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 power of manipulating young minds with, you know, just stories and ideas and just visual effects. And I mean, God, the first time I saw King Diamond in like a Metal Edge magazine, I was like, what the fuck is this? Who is this guy? You know, it's like, oh, he's satanic. Uh, He's got a upside down cross on his head. I'm not going to listen to that shit. (laughs) I'll, I'll end up in hell. And now I got a bunch of his stuff and I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's not really how this works. So so I certainly don't think that Black Sabbath is going to send me to hell anytime soon, hopefully. (laughs) Unless I get this coronavirus and have an underlying respiratory problem I didn't know about. I guess I'll find out. I don't know if that's enough of a – if that's a sufficient introduction. Albums, we want to do – we want to go straight for the ranking of the albums and then do the – our top ten songs, I, I feel like that's like the order that makes sense, maybe. But.
0: Yeah, because I think that's what we did with Ozzy, and I was kind of thinking, if I start talking about my songs, then that might give away the albums or something. I don't know. Yeah, so. that's pretty much what I thought, too.
1: So we're on the same page. Yeah. And I know that everyone's just on the edge of their seats wanting to know because our opinions mean more than anyone else's opinions. Well, damn
0: right, man. Yeah. All
1: right, dude. Hey, we wouldn't have this podcast if our opinions
0: weren't more important than others. (laughs) So, (laughs) anyhow. Uh, All right, well. You can start us off then, because I I think I started off maybe the Aussie ones. Okay. Well, I'd be more than happy to. I think that
1: my, uh, my least favorite album was a super easy one to come up with, because this has always just been a dud, and I tried to give it more of a chance some of these (laughs) albums that were lesser favorites I kind of enjoyed them more this time around like going in and digging back through these and I found that some of them had you know more charming moments than I, I really thought you know I guess they just weren't my favorite so I put them on the back burner for a while and blah 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 but with Never Say Die that was not the case to me this album was an absolute turd and it is no wonder they parted ways with Ozzy and went in the direction of getting a new singer and trying to you know resurrect their career and reinvent themselves And, and they did obviously because you know Heaven and Hell the album that would follow this would Dio you know taking Ozzy's place fucking just smokes this record I mean so I don't want to go you know I don't want to go in too much more detail than that because I don't have much to say man I was trying to get this one to redeem itself for me oh um, shit <laughs> and I just can. I can just hardly even I don't know man it's just a dud almost all the way through but I'll save that one detail
0: for a later conversation see you with me uh, this is not the bottom of my list, uh, but I actually kind of dug it and, uh, uh, cause it's not Sabbath at all. Right. So I just tried to put that out of my mind as I was listening to it. I'm like, uh, cause it doesn't sound like the other albums, but I'm like, it's a solid, I thought it was a solid rock and roll, um, record. Yeah. And, uh,
1: I don't know, man, I just don't care for the songwriting on it. Uh, short of, you know, I think the title track's great, but I just don't... Man, the rest of it... I don't know, man. It's just, even like that Johnny Blade song, it's kind of good, but it's kind of dumb. And then it just seems to just, from there on, each song just gets worse and less interesting. Like, they just didn't do anything interesting. I mean, it just sounds like they... When you hear the stories of this record and Ozzy not showing up and being late, and I mean, it all kind of comes through in this record, in my opinion, because it sounds a very like a very disinterested band. You know, it sounds like a band that was not on top of their game and was not eager to go make a kick-ass record and change anything up. And I mean, it just seems like the I don't know. The energy is half-assed.
0: The writing's half-assed. I, I don't know. Yeah, cuz I think I'm not like a total Black Sabbath like historian, but isn't the story with this album like they actually did kind of dismiss um Ozzy and they brought in somebody else, but then they ended up bringing Ozzy back. Yeah, I right? think there
1: was something. I think there was something like that, and I'm not 100% on the details. But yeah, I think you're right. I think they had replaced him and then brought him back and then just to kind of, like, they finished the record kind of knowing that they were going to be done with them afterwards. I don't think they, I mean, I think there was some live performances and shit afterwards, but not an abundance of them.
0: I, I actually did, like, even though I said this is a solid rock and roll album, like, I did kind of see that too, what you're saying, like, maybe they'd both kind of, Ozzy and then the rest of the band, they'd kind of hit the end. They did so much throughout the entire 70s where it's like, Maybe they just needed something to freshen it up, so it probably was the best thing for Ozzy to do his own thing and then to get in another singer cuz then you could bring in some fresh ideas.
1: Well yeah, man. I mean, you figure they did 8 records in 8 years, so I mean, that's a yeah. lot. That's a lot of material. <clears throat> you know, and to sit there and have as many good songs as they had in that 8-year period. I mean, they earned it having a dud. I just think I think it's a bummer that they kind of ended their career together on that dud, you know. So So yeah, man, that's my uh my absolute least favorite number 9 right.
0: record, but I'll let you uh have at it with yours. Well, ha- um I had said before that I think last Monday we talked about what we were going to do for this episode and threw out some ideas real quick. And then, like, right away, once we knew we were going to do, like, Sabbath, I jumped in and listened to albums um, last Monday. So I actually went right for Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die. Right. Uh, Because those are the ones I'm the least familiar with. So I thought I would do them first. And then I kind of jumped to one of my favorite ones, uh... And I listened to everything basically Monday, and made a list. But then I scrapped it, and these ones ended up almost being kind of flipped uh, when I redid my list. But my number nine is now uh, technical ecstasy. Right on. And I'll say that because uh, both of those last two albums, like they're kind of they kind of do sound like a band that's kind of almost <clears throat> maybe ran out of ideas. But yeah. for me, I thought that uh, um, Technical Ecstasy, it was only had a few highlights, and that was it. Uh, and it was kind of how maybe you were saying with never say die. I thought the first uh, two songs really jumped out, and then everything else was kind of boom. It just kind of ran out of steam.
1: Hmm. Yeah, see, I feel like Technical Ecstasy is a far more consistent record. I agree that there's not too many standout songs, but I can put it all I can put it on and listen to it front to back and not want to shut it off, you know. So, I don't know. To me, to me even though it's kind of like a record full of just kind of okay Sabbath songs, it's just more consistent of a record than uh, than Never Say Die, but Oh, gotcha. i I could. I suppose I could get into more detail maybe when I, you know, when it's my turn yeah. to bring that up in my list. But that see, it's kind of the opposite for me because that one kind of that was the one that kind of moved up a couple spots on my list when we first talked about it. Before I really went in and dissected this stuff, you know, my first thought was, well, yeah, technical ecstasy and never say die are going to be at the bottom of the list, you know.
0: Yeah, it was almost those were kind of a given, I right. guess, for both of us right
1: yeah i mean technical ecstasy it just ended up kind of raising itself up a couple spots for me but
0: Mm. i'll get to i'll get to why later i guess but um well here's one thing that i'll uh say i guess before we maybe move on uh did you think this like after uh well when i was going to redo my list i instead of skipping around i was like i'm going to go in order and i've never listened to these albums in order before so i'm going to kind of Uh, just dive right in and immerse myself in Sabbath and I listened uh, to all the 70s ones in order and what I noticed with even though uh, like Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die are kind of like the lesser of the uh, group they almost kind of sounded maybe better produced than uh, the previous ones did you kind of think that or maybe I'm hearing something Mm, different a
1: couple of them maybe yeah, I mean, there's one in particular that I think kind of sounds pretty shitty, you know.
0: Maybe they're like, maybe what I thought was like, uh, they're more polished or something. Because I guess kind of thinking about it, like the early stuff, they're young kids, so they're starting out. Well, they don't do have the- a big budget. So they're like, shit, let's knock this out and just record shit. But now they're older and they got more money. So maybe they just had more studio time or... Well, that's exactly how it happened because the first record was recorded,
1: I think, like in an afternoon. Like, they showed up to a rehearsal space, put some mics in some place, and, you know, they recorded everything live, basically. And then I think there was just a few little overdubs and shit, like the, you know, the little intro thing on the title track, the first song. And, you know, that was about it. Like, it was done... On nothing for a budget, basically. Yeah. But there's a lot of charm to that record. Like me personally, I think that sometimes that really slicker production doesn't do shit for a record. You know, if it doesn't, if it lacks the performance and the the writing and the and the charm. I, you know, I'm not. I always tell people all the time, like, you know, I'm not always looking for a super well-produced record, man. Because some of my favorite albums of all time are kind of rough you know the first motorhead records killer i
0: think sounds like a wall of shit to some (laughs) people but you know i mean i kind of feel that way with like uh kiss is hotter than hell at first i hated it because it it sounded really muddy and i'm like what's going on here but then like now like that would like i'd put it near the top because even though maybe the production isn't that good the songs are awesome and then even uh the kind of I don't know, weird production or like muddiness almost kind of makes some of them sound cooler. Like Strange Way sounds way cooler, like like I guess that style, than maybe if it had been more polished. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that album's got a lot of cool arrangements, some of the best kiss arrangements. Yeah. But I suppose that's for another episode maybe down the road. Yeah. <laughs> Getting yeah. into that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll move along to my number eight, and... My number eight is 13, number 13. Oh, Uh, well, shit, that's what I had, too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, dude, it's not very good. And whereas I think Never Say Die kind of has maybe a song or two that stands out. Although, really, I don't know. I I keep thinking about that, and it's like, no, I think the title track's the only thing that stands out at all on that record. Um, And, you know, 13 hardly even has that but the second half of it kind of opens up. Like there are the last few songs are the best part of 13. And so the thing that bugs me about that album is the fact that the first few songs all sound like recycled ideas. Like the first song uh end of the beginning or whatever. Yeah. Um you know, it sounds like Black Sabbath. It sounds like the the opening track of the first album like it just sounds like a like they rewrote that song and they were just trying to g- start their last record the same way they started their first record which in some ways it's kind of cool but then then you get to the next song um and it just sounds
0: like another rehash yeah 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 i feel the same way too like it was almost like i wrote down a. Uh, it was paint-by-numbers, Black Sabbath.
1: Yeah, and, but then the weird thing was, I really felt like towards the end, um, there was some decent, you know, songs that kind of opened up, and uh, like that Damaged Soul song was, you know, kind of cool, and even the last song, Dear Father, was kind of okay. I mean, I don't know, it... I guess I put it above Never Say Die just because, you know, towards the end it finally starts turning into a record and it's kind of consistent in the last few songs. And I don't think Never Say Die had anything. There was never a stretch of songs where it was like, oh, okay, you know. But at the same time, man, comparing a turd to another turd is like, they're both still turds, I mean. (laughs) To me, either of those records could be eight or nine and it doesn't really fucking matter they're they're kind of both i don't know 13 probably didn't need to happen other than the fact that you know we saw him live on that tour so it was cool to see him on tour but
0: yeah um um since i had it here um i'll say this too like uh even bad black sabbath like i couldn't write a song half as good as their worst song so i'm like well, it's not like it's not listenable. I mean, I can put 13 on and listen to it. Yeah, because I did. I liked it. Loner on there. And um, another thing was I didn't know if I should count the regular album that had eight songs or there was a deluxe that had three more songs. Yeah. and that's So the I thing. counted the whole uh, deluxe thing, and I liked this one. It was like Methodemic or something. That's the one I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, so I just went – and Ahead and included that because it was in the album sessions, I guess. I think it's crazy that that
1: wasn't like on the actual record because it was better than anything else on the record. So it was really bizarre. I mean, it's it's on the bonus version, you know what I mean? But like, how was that not?
0: Yeah, and the same thing was too. as, like the other oh, day, and peace of mind was uh, the other
1: one, and per- well, all those the whole the three songs at the end of the deluxe thing were better than the whole rest of the record. Like.
0: Yeah, and even on the um live DVD that I watched the other day, it was I guess it was from earlier in that thirteen tour. Uh but they did Methodemic Live, so it's like maybe they were gonna put it on the album and then they didn't because I think they recorded that before the album even came out. But it's weird that they would uh like everything else is like hits or something or like Sabbath Staples, and then they uh go and do this song live that really isn't even on the <coughs> album. Huh.
1: Well, it's cool that they did that because there's not too many bands. I mean, that's a cool thing when a band kind of pulls something an oddball out like that for the fans, you know, the the real fans. But I don't think any hardcore Sabbath fans were really showing up to hear anything off that record, to be honest. But but I could be wrong. Well, I guess if we both agreed with that, I might as well move on to my number seven, Hmm? which I'm not really... I'm not really sure if I'm being... I don't know. I mean, there's certain albums that I guess if I had them towards the bottom of my list, it'd be obvious that all the Sabbath fans would want to come after me and fucking slit my throat. But I'm not (laughs) sure where this one ranks with people. I think some people really, really, really like this one. But I don't, and that's Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. (laughs) So... I think it's funny that you're laughing.
0: All right, I'm not saying. Anything.
1: Yeah, you apparently have this one up there pretty high, but and here's the deal, man. Like, I don't. I think that it's, production-wise, it's
0: look at the moon. I guess.
1: I guess I don't. I don't think that it's a very solid record. It has songs I really like, but it also kind of just has these turd moments that are kind of eh, and overall the production's
0: kind of meh
1: yeah, you know? what's that one?
0: It's like, who who are you? And it's just all keyboard-y, like, yeah. like that one, right? I mean, dude,
1: I'm going to be honest with you. The first song and the last song are about all I give a shit about on this, this record. You know, the rest of it, I could take it or leave it. It just does not do much for me. So hmm. that's really about all I have to say on it. I mean, and the thing is, it's the coolest fucking album cover. Out of all their album covers, it's bad as fuck, but I, sometimes I wonder, uh, you know, when I listen to it, I'm like, do people just really like this record because the album cover is so cool? Does it just, is it such a suggestive cover that people just think this album's better than what it really is? Hmm.
0: You know? How I woke up earlier than usual today, uh, I actually thought about that and I was like, maybe I should just... Uh, totally scrap my list again and then just um, uh, make my list based off all the album covers <laughs> only and not the songs and I would have Sabbath Bloody Sabbath at the top oh yeah then, but I even laid them out on the floor and I still have them laid out I have Sabbath Bloody Sabbath at the top then it would be Never Say Die because I thought the little pilot masks were kind of cool yeah the album covers the definitely the coolest part of that album yeah, then my third was Black Sabbath because he yeah, had the creepy lady and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's a great album. And then volume four after that, and then number five would have been uh, War Pigs because of the weird dude with the sword. Oh, uh, Paranoid, you mean? I mean. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. same album, but yeah. And then like Master of Reality just because it's text, but it still looks kind of spooky. And then I had uh, the technical ecstasy with the weird robots jizzing on each other. <laughs> And then the bottom oh, was sabotage, just because of was like, what the fuck are they wearing? Like, kimonos? Ozzy's like. Yeah, dude, Bill Ward, man. He's wearing a
1: really interesting pair of pants in that picture. <laughs> yeah, like, leotard or something. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, yeah, we're all I- on the edge of our seat, Andy. What's your number seven, buddy? My number seven was Never Say Die. I'm just
1: glad it was fairly low on the list because if that ended up being like your number... Like one of your top three, I just, I'd quit. I'd be
0: done with these (laughs) podcasts. You know what? I thought of that this morning too. I'm like, you know, maybe I should put Johnny Blade in my top 10 songs just to fuck with you or troll you because you're always like, you always have some oddball song. Maybe I should put one in there.
1: Yeah, you do always have something in there where it's like, what? But hey, it's what makes it interesting, man. If you just, you know. If your top 10 songs were just all their
0: fucking hits, it wouldn't be. Yeah, um, which they might end up being, I guess. Maybe that will be kind of boring. But Never Say Die, though, here was the thing. like I, kinda, I already liked Never Say Die, and even you hit the kind of nail on the head. It was a cool song at the start of the album, and I kind of felt like going through all these albums, except for like maybe one exception. Every single first song they have on their albums is, like, fucking awesome. It's almost like they put the best song at the start. Yeah, that or the end. There's a couple end, like, last songs that are really great, too. Yeah, it's like, there's a few exceptions, but mostly, like, out of, like, I think five out of the nine, I had, like, I'm like, shit, the best songs at the start. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, Never Say Die, that definitely is, uh is definitely the case
0: so i was kind of thinking this too i don't know maybe i'm wrong or i i didn't really finish the thought when i was trying to write it down but some people uh say oh only the first six uh sabbath albums are the best that's the only ones you need to listen to i was like they're probably the same people who uh, say with KISS, like, only the first, like, six are the best, and they kind of dismissed uh, Dynasty. And I was like, even though Dynasty isn't really, like, you know, maybe the best album, it's still not fair to dismiss it because there's still some cool stuff. And I kind of felt like even Never Say Die in Technical Ecstasy, there's still some cool stuff on there. but
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean... I mean, like you know, I think I already said the title track for "Never Say Die." I mean, it's a great song. So yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. I wish they never made
0: that record because then that song wouldn't exist. And you know, it is a great song. Maybe so. it would have been better if they had just like I don't know, half of "Never Say Die" could be combined with half, uh, half of "Technical Ecstasy." Then you'd have a really solid album. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, you just would open Technical Ecstasy with Never Say Die and then have the
1: rest of Technical Ecstasy playing. <laughs> that, that, that would definitely make a better record.
0: That'd beef up Technical Ecstasy a little bit. And, and Johnny Blade. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to bump up that song, man. That needs to be like underrated. You start changing your uh, damn list now, man. What are you doing? I said I didn't have it, oh. but I'm saying maybe if I did underrated <laughs> Sabbath songs. Oh, underrated. I gotcha. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess for the sake of moving on, and since we were kind of on the topic of technical ecstasy, that is my number six. Um, you know, I like I said, when I first thought of making this list, that definitely would have been towards the bottom, probably just one spot above Never Say Die, but then I, f- I just found myself digging it more and more and kind of thinking, God, you know, this is better than I remembered. I guess it just... I didn't go back to it a lot, so I don't know. You know, "Rock and Roll Doctor's is a solid song. "Dirty Women"
0: is a good song. The opening track, "Backstreet Kids." I really like too. Another one on there was, um, besides the ones you just mentioned, I like "You Won't Change Me." Mm-hmm. I felt like it kind of had a cool, like a spooky organy sound. That kind of sounded like early Sabbath. At least they kind of had that vibe in it. Well, it's a you know, it's a
1: far more consistent record, I think, than any of the ones I mentioned before. I mean, people are probably going to want to slap me for saying this, but look, it's, it's just a better album than Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, as far as putting something on and every song being, you know, I mean, the ones that, the worst songs on technical ecstasy are far better than the worst songs on Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. (laughs) (laughs) Because the bad, I I just think the songs on Sabbath, bloody Sabbath that aren't good are really, really not good. And it's like, I can put Technical Ecstasy on, listen to it front to back, and none of it gives me a boner, but yet I don't really hate any of it either. I mean, you know, I can, it's kind of like one of those, you just put it on, you kind of can nod your head all the way through, like, yeah, you know, Um, but there's not really any moments in it where I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, like some of the other albums and those moments that we'll get to later, but... (laughs) You know, so yeah. So that's my reason. Because I'll be honest with you, like before, probably like the first draft of this list, I had this and Sabbath Bloody Sabbath flip flopped. So this one just bumped that one down, you know. Because I found myself liking this one more the more I listened to it. And (laughs) Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, I found myself liking it less the more I listened to it. But. So so there's my number six. Mm. And there's why. Yeah. So how about you, man? What's, uh, what's Andy's number six?
0: Uh, I'm really afraid to say it. <laughs> because like how you're talking about, like maybe Black Sabbath diehards are going to slap you. Yeah. I'm probably going to get somebody like, I don't know, banging on my door as soon as this is posted, like, what the fuck? I'm going to have a whole bunch of people with, like, you know, the the pitchforks and torches <laughs> and shit. Because uh, when I made my initial list and scrapped it, this one was a few notches higher, but it dropped. So my number six is actually Black Sabbath. Oh, wow. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um... So, like, when I sat back down and I listened through these, like, all the way through and really, like, dove into Sabbath and I was, like, really serious about uh, this list and stuff. Uh, Obviously, Black Sabbath is an awesome song and there's a few awesome songs, but I kind of just felt like if you had, like, done something like Family Feud or something and you uh, pulled a hundred people on the street and you're like... Hey, like, I'm going to play a song from this album and see if you can tell what band it is. I don't really think that most people would tell uh, that this is Black Sabbath. Like, it sounds more like just a blues album in some spots. Right. No, it does. It's jammy in spots and everything. And
1: I don't know. I mean, I think it's a solid record front to back, but I'm not going to say too much because
0: I don't want to. I don't wanna give away where I have it positioned in my list, but Yeah, like and I'm not even saying that this is like a shitty album at all because actually to me, none of these albums are really that shitty. It's not saying, Oh, this is the best and this is like shit. It's like it's all good. It's just variants of good. Well, it was really hard for me to
1: even rank any of these from like from the first ra from the first record to sabotage. It's a pretty you know, it's a pretty solid list of work, you know? I mean, even though I kind of bash in Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath a lot, but, I mean, it still has its couple songs that are really, really fucking cool, I think. And, you know,
0: I don't know. Um, I don't yeah, to say too even much. Like, but... even this first one, maybe, maybe I was getting too serious or something because I was thinking, when I was listening to it, I'm like, well, even like... Like Led Zeppelin, like, you know, uh, some people say that they're like a, a blueprint of metal, just like Sabbath. But all those bands have like blues covers and stuff. And I kind of felt that's the same thing, too, because aren't a couple of these like covers and stuff like Evil Woman is a cover? Mm, yeah, I don't know. So I would kind of compare this maybe in the same regard to Led Zeppelin's first album. It's like heavy, but it's just heavy blues. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't realize anything on this first Sabbath record was uh a cover, but Yeah, I think there's something like warning too, cuz at first I listened I'm like, "Holy shit, this is some like bluesy stuff." And I looked at the credits and I think how some of those I think there's only 6 songs, but a bunch of them are like
1: Yeah, they grouped them together weird yeah, on they, the CD thing, like because they ran together like on the record. Kinda, and so I don't. I don't know.
0: It's yeah.
1: confusing to me how they grouped them like on the CD and digi- digitally and stuff. I mean, I don't know because you put it on a record, and you're just listening to it, and it just sounds like you know three, four different songs. But then you look at the track listing on the yeah, CD, and it's all, one, and track, it's all yeah. one track, and it's like that well, don't make any fucking sense. But
0: yeah, so like I kind of lost. Like, which one it was. Maybe it was Warning or something like that. But, I don't know. One of them in there sounded really awesome, but it was really bluesy. Yeah. But, uh, so, even though this was my number six and it's low, probably lower than anyone in the history of, like, you know, Sabbath fans would have it. It's not bad. I'm not saying yeah.
1: that. Well, that's the thing. Like, anything left on my list at this point, my top five, it's like... I it was really hard to rank those final five. I mean, because yes, yeah, like something had to be man. at the bottom and I guess it was this one. Well, I might, I don't, you know, my number five, I kind of feel like people might be like, what? I don't know. Well, I I, I guess different? I don't, I guess I don't know what people, what the, uh, <laughs> what the mass, what the masses, as far as Sabbath fans go, uh, I don't know. To me, like the first few albums are just probably like the, the Sabbath albums, right? Like I can't see, so you got to rank them somewhere. So my number five is Paranoid. Oh shit. And you know, it just was, it was tough because there's songs on there that are great. Like some of their obvious, you know, staples in their live set and, and everything. And it's, It's not that, it's like you said, something has to be at the fucking bottom. I can't put, I can't make everything number one. And as much as I like this record, when I started comparing it to some of the other ones, it's like, well, you know, it's, I don't know. First of all, man, I could give two shits to hear the song Paranoid or Iron Man ever again. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they're just those two songs. Like, you see them play it live and it's cool, but I've just heard those songs so much, so overplayed on the radio and you just get kind of fucking tired of it, you know, but, and there's other cool songs, Planet Caravan's a cool song, War Pigs is the shit, that song never gets old. Um,
0: yeah, Electric and that's when that cool. off the album too, so that's another kind of good uh, album starter. Right.
1: Yeah, I just kind of felt like this album, though it's, you know, stocked with hits and everything, And some cool songs. I mean, it's pretty consistent, but I feel like what some would consider the filler material, like Electric Funeral, Hand of Doom, Rat Salad, Fairywear Boots. You know, that's a great song. It's a great closer. Going back to you know how these albums have great openers and a lot of great closers, but um, but yeah, I just feel like the uh, I guess the filler material for me, as well as two of the main hits are just kind of the weaker of all that stuff, man. I don't, you know.
0: Yeah. I can see why you'd have that, like, down there. Because even when, yeah, when they're on the radio, too, uh, it's always War Pigs, Iron Man, and, like, Paranoid. So, yeah, I don't know, there might be some kind of burnout listening to it. Yeah, it's just one of those things, man. You hear something too much, but but
1: I try to not count that too much against them. It's just, like I said, the stuff that's the, you know, kind of the deeper cuts on the record are kind of weaker than the deeper cuts on the albums I have ranked above this. So, mm. so to me, it's just not quite as solid of a record from start f- to finish because of that, you know. So... So yeah, man, there's my number five. Paranoid, yeah, fuck anyone that disagrees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, fuck yeah, man. Well, where's your number five? What's going on? My number five, I kind of went back and forth on the on number four and five on if they're like a tie or not, or where I'd put them. But uh, but then I just kind of settled on like, all right, where I have them is where I have them, and that's it. And my number five is Master of Reality. Whoa. Well, damn. <laughs> yeah, because even Griffin, like he said that, I think that that's his favorite album of uh, Sabbath. Yeah. Well.
1: well, at this point, man, we're kind of getting down to the last few, and so it's mm-hmm. hard for me to really say too much without giving
0: anything away. So. Yeah, because even some of these, too, I'm don't. i think I'm holding crazy, back because but... I want to save some of it for, for the song, like top ten, I right, guess. But, man. like, uh, this one has like cool stuff. Like I really love like Children of the Grave. That's like an awesome song. And I feel like with this album, how like, I feel like this would probably be like where they really inspired a lot of like metal bands. Like I was hearing a lot of, uh, hearing a lot of like typo negative and even like Pantera in here. I'm like, shit, this was probably where they like, I don't know. This might've been their album that they had as a kid. That was like their Holy grail or something.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean the riffs and stuff. Uh, you know, the riffs alone on that album. Uh, to me, it's almost like the name riff was created with that record. You know, Tony Iommi, and just I don't know. When I think guitar riff, I think fucking Tony Iommi and
0: his oh, and yeah, all yeah, for these sure.
1: licks, man. So you know. I don't know, man. Like I said, I can't. We, you know, I guess we got to get through this list, and I can't spend too much time going into your picks. Otherwise, I'm going to give away mine. <laughs> yeah, like I almost feel like I'm holding back a little bit other like, than laughing. And... Well, by the time we're, we're moving through this and get into the songs and shit, we'll you know yeah be able to ease up. So, All right, like, like I said, four, man, I hate to i I hate to give it away because I know that our audience is on the fucking edge of their seats. Dying to know. Dying to know. So, yeah, number four. My number four is Sabotage.
0: Oh, aha. Shit, that's what I had, too. Did we tie again? Yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, like, my first thought, I probably would have... I was thinking that Paranoid would probably be ranked above this, but... But then I kind of was like, no, wait a minute. This fucking record's great. Like, I, you know, at the start of this, this was another one where I kind of forgot... I always dug it, but I just, I guess I just forgot how fucking good it was and how much
0: I dug it. You yeah, know. like for me, if you had asked me like a month ago, even a year ago, I actually, I would have legit said this was my number one of the Ozzy Sabbath albums. Yeah. Because well, I love some of the songs. I'm not going to say a whole lot, but I'll just say that going back and listening through it, the ones that are my favorite, there's really, like, not much else other than my favorite. So it might be, like, this, uh, to me, Sabotage, for me, is kind of like your um, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, right? Because you were saying for that one, you, like, had, like, a lot of standouts and then there's some stuff that's like, ah, this is pretty weak. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I feel like this is, like... Such a solid record that it's hard to not even move it up the list even more, but there's just obvious reasons I couldn't. Um, but man, I mean, the first song, Hole in the Sky, is super fucking cool. All the way down to the last song, The Rit. Uh, that Am I Going Insane song, you know, it's like kind of their first. That was almost like a precursor to Never Say Die in a way, I, you know? Yeah. Because it kind of seems like the same kind of song. It seems like they took a jab at doing something more radio-friendly
0: and more pop. and just started. Oh, yeah, that's actually what I had for a note. I had Am I Going Insane. It would fit on the next US uh, album more, I think.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it probably would help that record out a little bit, too. If it was on Technical Ecstasy, it would have made, you know... I think it would have been more of a standout on Technical Ecstasy, and it would have helped Technical Ecstasy be a better record, you know? Because this, I don't think Sabotage really needed that song in there. It's Symptom of the Universe is a really cool fucking song, and Megalomania, and I mean, it's just... It's, you know, it's, it's tough to beat this record, man. It was tough to not put it higher on the list, but then... Like you said, not everything can be number one.
0: It seems like with Sabbath, damn near, damn near everything could be number one. So. Yeah, because even if we're going, like, looking at this, like, CD right now, if we were doing, like, sides of Sabbath and just sides, side one, like, fucking, like, blows me away and it's so fucking awesome. So that's kind of why, yeah, that was, like, my number one. Right. Or it would have been my number one, but then I'm like, well. I'm doing songs too, so it's like I can't just rank an album super high, maybe based off the songs. It's got to be the whole as a whole. So that's what I try to do. Yeah, that's what I try to do too. I try to figure out, like, okay, what do I put
1: on and just, you know, want to bang my fucking head to front to back, you know, or what, you know, or whatever. Whatever the experience is of dropping the needle on the record and listening to this thing front to back. Yeah. And that Which kind of brings me to my number three, which is Black Sabbath. Oh, okay. Because it really is a record that I feel like it's a drop the needle on the fucking vinyl, you know. It's like an experience listening to that album, you know. that That opening track, the title track, it's such a creepy track dude like that song is creepy like the lyrics and the sound and you know I think there's a reason why obviously there's a reason why people call these guys the you know founders of heavy metal and everything and a lot of people will argue that and say you know this and that and talk about how Zeppelin is just should just be as credited and Blue Cheer was out before either one of them and they really should be and All that, but man, I feel like just the whole dark atmosphere that this creates sonically when you first, when it first opens with like the bell sounds ringing in the background and everything and that opening riff just, it's like, it's like in slow motion, you know? And then the lyrics are creepy, you know? And it's just, man, it's such a raw. That whole album is such a raw experience. I just, I, I really think, you know, there's not too many bands that are going to get away with just locking themselves in a rehearsal space with a half a dozen microphones for an afternoon and a tape machine and getting that end result that they got. And it's such a timeless record. It's like weird because I think that. In a lot of ways, Sabotage, if it was going to be based on song writing, then yeah, Sabotage, I'd probably rank it higher than the self-titled Black Sabbath album. But I don't know. There's just something about that album as a whole, listening to it front to back, that makes it just kind of this special thing. It's something that it's like I guess you either get it or you don't and it's kind of
0: really all there is to say about it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I kind of feel like that too, how, how I was saying, like, I kind of lost track of those tracks, how they kind of, I think it might be one entry or one track on the CD when you're skipping through, but there's four little songs. It's like something that it all, like, flows together. Everything just flows.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're not in the mood to listen to this thing front to back, then it probably doesn't work. It's probably not something, it doesn't work if you just want to skip around. And listen to what you like, but I mean man, the The second track, The Wizard, is a really fucking cool I like that song a lot. That you know, I guess it's a spoiler alert, but oh. it didn't it didn't make my top ten list and it was really hard, man. That one was in my top ten, and I took it out, and put it back in, and took it out, and put it back in and was like, fuck man. I want it to be in there but I god damn it, I can't because this needs to be in there, you know. Because that's just such a cool song. Like, that comes in, you know? Just right from the opening. Dun, 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 you know? I'm fucking hooked (laughs) and wanting to jam out. (laughs) You know? Like, I'm wanting to go pick my fucking guitar up and start playing along with it. So, yeah, I don't, you know? But, like I said, it's kind of a... I mean, NIB, that's... Obviously been a staple in their live set for a while, and you hear it on the radio, and a lot of people cover that, and it's a cool song, you know. Um, I wouldn't say I'm as tired of it as, like, Paranoid or uh, Iron Man, but it's kind of one of those where I only really enjoy hearing it within the context of this album at this point, you know. Mm. So... I mean, I enjoyed it live, seeing them live, but I mean, otherwise, as far as listening to this song, I. so yeah, man, I think I've probably babbled enough. So what is is, uh, Andy's number
0: three? I've kind of been keeping score, actually, this time, writing down all of yours, and I kind of tell uh, where some of yours are falling, and maybe you can tell where mine are, but uh, my number three is uh Paranoid. And I know that you had it lower because you're saying that some of this stuff, you know, some of the songs, it's like maybe overdone and stuff. But for me, going back and listening to these all in order, um, I was just like, I thought Paranoid was just kind of cool in that context of listening to it in order because... Maybe that first one, like Black Sabbath, it just sounded like a spooky blues album or something, like downtuned blues. But then this one, Paranoid, I'm like, this sounds like they're fucking coming into their own and they're just fucking like, I don't know. They, they were just rocking, like, you know, because even though some of those songs are like basically uh, like, I don't know, overdone, maybe like Pearl Jam's first album, you know, Alive and Jeremy and shit they're just you've heard them enough but the thing is is like all those songs though are on this album and i just kind of felt like if you would go pull somebody on the street and be like hey black sabbath they'd be like fucking iron man yeah oh yeah iron man or something i'm just like i don't know this album just seemed to like have everything that you think of with sabbath in this album right i get that (coughs)
1: No, nah, like I said, I don't – at this point, you get into the top five, it's kind of hard to yeah have a wrong answer. I mean, unless you had like Never Say Diet, number two,
0: then, you <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, the other thing I noticed too when going in order is maybe it's pretty obvious to people or something, but when I was going in order, I was like – um. You know how people are like, oh, Sabbath is all like satanic and shit. Actually, when you listen to the lyrics and stuff and you go through all the albums, they're really not that satanic. They don't talk about Satan a whole lot, except maybe that first album they mentioned Lucifer and like Black Sabbath. But a lot of times they're like, I don't know, like on this paranoid, like, I don't know, like War Pigs is a song about uh, the political uh, times with. Yeah, like, what, they were just going through, like, Vietnam and, like, sending kids off to war. And then you even got on, like, some of those albums are talking about people in poverty and stuff. So they're almost more, like, anti-war and talking about the culture than they are talking about Satan. But I guess if it's just, like, if the parents, I don't know, down the hall from the kids playing these albums, they're going to hear some spooky fucking sounding riffs, and they're going to be like... What the fuck? Are they, like, uh, having a satanic ritual in there? But yeah. really, if you uh, pay attention to the content, it's really not that satanic. No, not at all. I mean, I think the name, yeah,
1: you know, just sounds dark. I mean, obviously, back in the day, the parents, yeah, they hear it. Yeah. Heavy riffs and the kind of spookiness and... Satan laughing spreads his wings. Yeah, well, what's the context of the fucking, you know, of all the lyrics, not just that one line. I mean,
0: yeah, obviously it wasn't. I was almost kind of thinking, I guess they're more like evil flower children or something. Evil hippies. Yeah, evil hippies. They're like warlocks. (laughs) They're hippie warlocks. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. I guess that's all I got for paranoid though, so right on. Number two,
1: man, we're number to the two. Top. Here it is. I'm not gonna lie. The top two for me were pretty obvious right out the gate, but it's tough to it was it's tough to settle on number one. But um, my number two was Volume Four.
0: And that oh is, shit! So you're oh shit so.
1: Yeah, okay. and I so imagine... talk about but,
0: Volume 4.
1: Well, this is a pretty goddamn solid record, man. Um, I feel like this is when they got kind of to their heaviest. I mean... Phew, what that? Super Knot, Snow Blind, Cornucopia, all the shit at the end. This has such a strong second half of the record that, I mean, the openers are great. I... Okay, so the reason I didn't put this one as number one is because it changes. To me, uh, that song I wished God wasn't on this record. Hey, but at least it's not the version with Kelly. Well, that's true, but <laughs> and I think maybe I wouldn't dislike it so much if it didn't if it wasn't such a overplayed I mean, I've mentioned before, like when we did the Ozzy episode, I mentioned how I don't care for his ballads. I don't know what it is but there's very few ballads that you know I really dig from Ozzy and this is just right up there with those and I love this fucking record it's just God one of my favorite hard rock records of all time but goddammit, I wish that fucking song wasn't in there, you know? And so early, too. It's like, I don't know why they couldn't just put it at the end so I could just shut the fucking record off early and pretend that it didn't exist. You know, but... Man. I mean, the openers, Wheels of Confusion, The Straightener, Tomorrow's Dream, you know? It's like, it comes out swinging, and then it has that ballad that's just like this cheese dick fucking... Ah, God. It's almost making me sick just thinking about it. Like I'm hearing the song in my head and it's like, oh, why did that seem like a good idea? But then it kind of just – but then after that it redeems itself and the fucking thing just slams beyond that, you know? Some of the coolest riffs that Tony Naomi's done, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to go get into too much of it song by song just because I don't want to give away anything on my song list, but – but yeah. great fucking album uh, just like I said man I, I don't know I just wish that Changes was not in there but that just tells you how much I really really like the rest of this album to have it at number 2 even with that fucker sitting right there in the middle of the song so
0: yeah so Andrew let's talk about your number 2 alright Well, when I said I scrapped my list, my number two on Monday, so like almost a week ago, this was my number six. Now it's shot pretty close to the top. But my number four, or wait, my number two is number four, volume four. It's the same as yours. Well, goddamn. (laughs) So we tied three times already, I think. Well, I don't know how the hell it
1: was ever that far down your list. But but just for well, me, dude, I mean, this one has always been... I don't know. I just... I bought it years back on vinyl. Like, when I... This was one of the first bands I started buying shit on vinyl when I really started getting into vinyl. Like, God, I don't know. Probably 15 years ago now, I started collecting vinyl and getting pretty serious about it. And... I bought like the first four Sabbath albums, um, like new 180 gram pressings, you know, Hmm. because I just wanted good quality, great sounding, you know, copy of these albums. And I think volume four, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, whenever it was exactly when I bought it, I don't know that I'd ever heard it front to back. And bought it and was just like, fuck, how had I not ever heard this, you know? And it just instantly became one of my favorites,
0: so. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing. I was sleeping on it or something. But all I'll say about the album for being my number two is that even a couple weeks ago, here's how low it would have been, too, is a couple weeks ago at work uh, in this break room, lunch room, I went up to go get some coffee, and this guy... His name's Jake. He uh, he was wearing a volume four shirt. And like, um, it really stood out to me because like working, I love where I work, but I feel like some of my interests, like my uh, personal interest with music or something, they don't really overlap with anybody else. But then this guy was wearing a Sabbath <coughs> shirt and I was just like, holy shit, fucking Sabbath. And I was like, hey, man, cool Sabbath shirt, but then I said, eh, well, too bad it's volume four. I basically said something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, so then, um, but then now thinking about it and listening to it, I'm like, holy shit, man, the dude's fucking right, man. Well, yeah.
1: Yeah. You owe him a goddamn apology. You're going to have to be like, man, I thought you were a fucking idiot, but guess what? Now I just realized you were ahead of me
0: exactly man he's <laughs> like i don't know what i was on but he's he he definitely um knew what he was talking about or knew what he was doing well my number one i'm just gonna move along because i mean people
1: if they're really keeping track already figured it out but yeah, yeah my number one master of reality so you're right in line with griffin too so i well, guess there that's you go. Two one. there's one other smart person in this world <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, it was hard in a way. It was really hard to not put volume four at number one. I yeah. think that the reason why Master of Reality to me is just a little more solid is because it doesn't have that fucking turd changes sitting right in the track listing. But it's also you know it's a short record because it kind of has like the little instrumental things in there and stuff. Yeah,
0: there's like aren't there like half the album almost is the little interludes. Right. I mean. But it's kind of cool, man. It's just a quick, you know,
1: there's not a dud on here. And the beginning just, you know, right out right, right out the gate with the cough, the, you know, <coughs> you know, on a loop. And then oh, ba- yeah, I know, right? People are going to report me. And listen to this and go, oh man, I think Brent has the corona. Go get him, lock him up, lock him down, lock down the storm house. But yeah, dude, I mean sweetleaf is such a badass song. It's such a great that opening just like I said before, like when I think of guitar riffs as a term, I think Tony Iomi. And when somebody says, Oh, a Tony Iomi guitar riff, like one of the first things I'm gonna think of is, you know, sweetleaf. It's such a cool fucking riff, you know? Nothing complicated, but it really epitomizes fucking, you know, what you think. I mean, it sounds like Sabbath. It sounds like Tony Iommi's guitar playing. Um, so yeah, and Children of the Grave, man, like that song, you fucking hear it, and I just still... Picture a fucking crowd of thousands jumping up and down when it kicks in at the beginning. And and yeah, so, and then the closer, Into the Void, I mean, it's just really tough to top this as uh, as far as a Sabbath record goes, man. I mean, if somebody had never heard Sabbath and they're like, what should I listen to? I'd just hand them this record and be like, just go home and put this fucker on repeat and crank it as loud as you can, you know? 'Cause if they don't like this record, then they probably just don't fucking like Sabbath. There's no point. So So there's my take on Master of Reality and why Griffin is just as much of a genius as me.
0: Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm wrong, I guess. I was wrong with volume four and look where that landed.
1: Well, yeah, but you put – yeah, you put it – you you redeemed yourself on that, man. At least you brought that one up to, towards the top. So what? what is your number one, which I think I know what you're going to say if I was keeping track. and
0: You know what my number one is because I fucking, like, laughed for, like, a minute straight. Yeah, I had a
1: feeling – I had a feeling back then that it was at least in
0: your top three. Yeah, like, this is, like, your, like, bark at the moon moment Ugh. or, like, or something. Hmm. Or maybe oh, no. I just have bark at the moon moments and you're the right one. I don't know. But uh, either way, my number one is Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. <laughs> well, Andy, I'm going to let you explain why, and I'm going to pretend to listen. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go to the bathroom and just yeah. do look right Well, here, here's my thing, too. Here's my take on it. This one would have been like, I think, uh, like if you'd asked me before, this would have been like how I said, Sabotage is my number one. This would have been like my number two or three, and then uh, even going back and and then going through all these albums, I feel like to me this is peak Black Sabbath. Because if you go and you listen to the first five albums, you can basically draw a huge line up or something like a like a chart, and so so it's like the first albums blues, really spooky blues. Then they kind of come into their own. And then how you're saying Master of Reality, the next one, they kind of start doing some melodic moments and mix that in there with the spooky stuff. Then the next one, boom, they're doing a whole full ballad, like changes right in the middle of an album. And I thought, then boom, you hit like Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and they're doing those melodic moments, but they're not between songs. They're actually in the middle of the songs. They'll start off fucking heavy, then they'll kind of do some melodic part and they'll pull it back, and they'll fucking rock your face off again. And I was just like, this album, yeah, it's just for me, it's like peak Black Sabbath with Ozzy. Wow. And then there's another thing that kind of, uh, to me, it kind of stands out with this album is it's funny. Uh, I don't remember when it was, but it was like 2014 or 2015 or something. I think I came over to your house one night after work, And I was either going to drop off some money for concert tickets or I was dropping off the tickets and you were paying me for it. But you had this album spinning in your old front room. And Dahlia, she was like dancing around and she was taking ballet and she was actually like dancing uh, to I think Looking for Today. (laughs) And I always thought that, yeah, some of the end of this album was kind of cheesy as fuck. But then now every time I like, hear some of these later tracks i'm like i don't know it just makes me kind of want to dance or something too
1: well at least you know that i I was training my daughter to you know dance ballet to black sabbath
0: yeah man it's like i don't know it's fucking cool like
1: i don't know it
0: tells you how heavy this record was andy yeah maybe you know, they need to have that like, as a class for kids like she you was know, like yeah two. ballet to black sabbath <laughs> instead of black swan it's like black sabbath well, I mean, I hate it on the record fairly hard, but it
1: doesn't mean I hate the record. Yeah. But again, dude, this is a body of work
0: that's, you know, something had to be first, something had to be last. and Then even something, too, like with the cover, it's like a spooky fucking cover, and you had said maybe people rate it higher because of the cover. You're I was thinking that, this. too, because like <laughs> I even said if I was going by covers, this would be the, the top of my list, and I kind of like how the front... Has like the demons like, I don't know, possessing the guy in bed. And then you flip it around and it's like the reverse image. It's all blue and there's like, I don't know if they're angels praying for the guy or something. But it's kind of like the opposite. Yeah.
1: Well, you know. Well, I'm, wrong. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> as much as you did I like I said man I just think it has more dud moments than all most of the others um, you know other than Never Say Die being one continuous dud moment but <laughs> so I suppose we could move on to the uh, to the song part of this hey it wasn't a total loss because we tied three out of the nine albums I guess well if we agreed on everything It'd kinda of be boring.
0: I don't yeah.
1: wouldn't be really worth discussing or anyone worth listening to. So, you know. although I haven't really pinpointed yet as to whether we're worth listening to at all, but people Yeah, we are. People enjoy it that have been listening to it, so you know.
0: We're doing something right. Yeah. But uh the songs, motherfucker. That's the meat of the show, I guess. Maybe. The songs. Do the song so you want to
1: start the songs since I started the albums? how you want to do sure. this Yeah,
0: yeah yeah um, we can do that uh, I know you had some honorable mentions and I didn't want to have any any at all but then I wrote oh, one down oh
1: I scratched them all out and then f- forgot them oh then but... I'll scratch it out then, <laughs> fuck it well I mean I already mentioned I like the is. wizard that how it was really hard to not put that on there and you know yeah. there were yeah there were a lot of moments that were really hard to not put on here but uh, I think I think I got it down to a pretty solid 10 that I'm pretty happy with. So,
0: yeah, the order I actually tough, think but... my 10, uh, I'm satisfied with them because I love the shit out of these songs. But I feel like they're probably like, it would be just the greatest hits of Sabbath. Uh, because my number 10 starting it off is Iron Man. And I just kind of wrote it down actually as a token thing. I'm like, because if you're thinking about Sabbath, you got to have that on there. It's still like. I don't know. It's fucking Iron Man. It's alright, Andy. You drink Starbucks, you drink fucking
1: soccer mom drinks. It's okay to be a basic bitch. I yeah. don't mind. You go
0: ahead and just <laughs> put Iron Man bitch. on there. <laughs>
1: maybe no,
0: I'm, just maybe I'm a basic bastard. I guess. Basic <laughs> bastard. Yeah, That's I'm kinda like, I don't know, more
1: metal, right? You're, <laughs> there we go. I like that term, basic bastard. <laughs> Gen- I was choked on my beer right <laughs> All right.
0: Well, hey. Unless you have a ton more to say about Iron Man. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say because yeah, man, it's almost like when you think of um, a <clears throat> Sabbath, almost it's like fucking Iron Man or something. So I, I wrote it down. No, I get it. I mean, it's a for many, it's you know an essential song.
1: Um, I mean, I have a few cut and dry moments in my list.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, because some of the stuff's just too hard to not have on here. But yeah. um, my number 10 is actually the last song on your number one. So Spiral no. Architect.
0: Oh, nice.
1: That's just a really – that really is one of the – I didn't want to say too much before. But to me, that's one of the biggest bummers about that album is you get to the end. You're like, fuck, that's the best song. Like it blows its wad at the end. But – and it's just every time I listen to that album, I'm, I, I get to that song, and I'm like, God, why the fuck wasn't the rest of this album that good, you know? And I and <clears throat> I like the opening track, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and, you know, there's other stuff that's okay on there. Killing Yourself to Live is an okay song and stuff, but um, the Spiral Architect is, you know, to me, hands down, the fucking highlight of that record. The melody and just, you know... I don't know. Don't have much more to say about it than that, I guess. But.
0: Yeah, because you were saying, well, when I said it seems like on all their albums, like the first song is maybe the best. And you said, well, sometimes they've got uh, the good one at the end. And yeah, so I see what you're saying. Yeah, that one was definitely that moment for me. But there's a lot of, I mean, there's
1: other, I have other closing songs on here too. I have a couple openers. I have some closers and yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have some middlers. Is uh-huh. a middler thing. Mm. it is now
0: (laughs) well Andy introduce us to your number nine my number nine is another basic bastard Sabbath song it's it's war pigs
1: it's alright I get that one that one never gets old man that one doesn't I mean that's just a cool song and you see him play it live and it's fucking badass my only issue with that song is I wish fucking bands would not cover it so much
0: Mm
1: that's where I get burned out is I'm tired of bands covering it. So. Yeah, it's like cover
0: Spiral Architect.
1: (laughs) Well, cover... Yeah, something different. I don't know. Or just cover Paranoid. Just cover the shit that the radio's already burned me out on. Because really, War Pigs, man, I don't hear it on the radio that much. Hmm. I mean, I don't... I don't know the last... I don't know. I don't pay attention to the radio, though, either, so... I try to ignore that shit as much as I can just so I don't burn myself out on some really great stuff. Yeah. So Oh yeah, I feel yeah. Well, I'll keep it moving along here. My number 9 is another album closer. So from Sabotage the Rit. Ooh. Mm. It's a really fucking cool song. Everything from the creepy ass whatever that is at the beginning, man. I don't it sounds like a a baby or something. I don't even, like a demonic baby making some weird sound. And then the song just kind of has this dark vibe to it the whole time. It's just, it's one of those, man, it's just ignite. It's kind of one of the heavier songs on that that record, you know? Like, because that album, I mean, I guess it rocks and it's pretty heavy. But it's not maybe quite as dark sounding as Volume 4, you know? But then the Rit has that really you're coming right out of that Am I Going Insane song which was like the definitely the poppiest moment probably their poppiest moment to date and then you go straight from that to like darkest song on the album so so yeah man there's my number yeah nine. cause I don't
0: even know if like the Ozzy or the Tony Martin or whatever were even as poppy as that Am I Going Insane right yeah that's a great song
1: I mean that's not on my list but you know, this was... I, I would say Am I Going Insane is maybe an honorable mention. But this was a tough list. I think the songs were tougher to pick a top 10 song list than it was to rank the albums, to be honest with you. So um,
0: My songs were actually basically kind of the same. The albums changed how I said I scrapped it. The albums changed, but I think uh, the songs um, stayed about the same. Well, no, wait. Actually, I'm looking back at my original... Uh, song list from like a week ago I had War Pigs at number one yeah and now I got it at number nine so <laughs> so yeah yeah it's hard for me to rank these really to be honest with you yeah cause they're all Almost, you're ranking fucking awesome song after awesome song. How do you do that?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I. You know, I made an attempt to try to do these one through ten and actually have those numbers mean something, but uh, it's tough, man. Really, to be honest with you, it was. It's whatever. These are my top ten put them in whatever
0: fucking order you want beyond that but yeah that's why kind of with the songs for me these are like these are my favorite songs so it was kind of easy to kind of do it Oh, whereas the album some of them yeah like i don't know technical ecstasy you know or like 13 i don't really spend a lot of time with them so i'm like right. those are like i guess i was more seriously at ranking those because i wanted to give them a chance or you know or, or even number four well, Dirty Women from
1: Technical Ecstasy was one that was tough to, as far as talking about uh, honorable mentions. I mean, that's a really cool song, and I kind of like the live version of it better for some reason. But I think the first time I ever heard that song, it was like, oh, shit, and really put it on my radar was that live reunion
0: thing, you know? But which, Yeah, actually, the same with me. Or actually, I, I didn't... I didn't listen to that reunion one until I like think after um, we saw him live. But yeah, seeing him in 2013, they did Dirty Women, and I was just like, what song is this? Huh? I was like scratching my head. Yeah, it's a cool song. And actually speaking of that reunion thing,
1: at one point I had Psycho Man on this list, but I was like, ah. Because I really do like that song. I remember when it came out, I thought it was fucking killer, and a lot of people didn't like it. Like I worked with some dudes that were, you know, Older and had been Sabbath fans for years, and they were like, Ah, song's fucking stupid. But I thought it was really fucking badass. And I kind of wanted to put it on this list just so that I had something that, you know, wasn't within the regular body of work, that was not on a studio record. But at the end of the day, I just didn't feel like it quite kept up with some of these. so I was like, eh, I'm kind of forcing its place in here, so... It got kicked out of the list, too. Yeah. So now that we're off subject, I don't even remember where the fuck we're at. Um, uh,
0: you had number uh, nine was The writ. So I think it's my turn at number eight. Yes, sir. This is one that uh, I never had on the early list that I scratched off. So it's one that I just added on yesterday. Uh, and I almost thought about taking it off. And I'm like, no, this fucking belongs there because it's fucking awesome. But... Number uh, eight is from volume four. It's a uh, tomorrow's dream. Right on. Yeah. Like I just thought Start the lyrics were with. cool. The song itself is cool. And there's just like a lot going on in that song, even though it's kind of a short uh, song. I really yeah. like the lyrics more than actually the music. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I'm taking off at daybreak. And then, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a good little anthem almost or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue with anything off that record. Well, <laughs> exactly knowing you, changes. you probably have changes somewhere in this list, and I'm just going to fucking shut. I'm going to hit the stop button and walk away. <laughs> and that actually was the honorable mention that I scratched off. Uh, well, thank God, man. Thank God. I didn't want to be mad at you.
0: Hey, I gave it an honorable mention. I was going to give it an honorable mention because of this uh, black like soul singer He, uh, I came across a cover, uh, like a month or so ago where that guy, he like sang it and I don't know, it just changed my opinion on the song because he makes it so like soulful and instead of a piano, it's just him and a guitar and it just sounded really cool. And it made me kind of like appreciate the lyrics, I guess. Hmm. I
1: thought you were going to say it made you cry.
0: No, I I was going
1: to get all sad and then I was going to want to go listen to it. But, yeah, you didn't do anything to change my mind, so Uh you should have said it made you cry. That would have been a better sales pitch to me.
0: Uh, Well, I'll just edit (laughs) back in. Uh, But what's your number eight, then? My number eight is
1: The Closer from Master of Reality Into the Void. Another live
0: one that they do.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. That one was – I think I went away from seeing them live. I walked away from that show. liking this song so much more seeing it live it just has an energy that I mean some of their songs it's like once you see it live and you go back and listen to the record you're kind of like ah man you just remember the energy from the show you know and then you wish that the the studio recording was you know had that same energy but it's still I mean it's still cool to listen to the studio version of it and everything and it still has a obvious cool factor, but but it was one of those songs that I think I just loved it that much more uh, seeing it live and everything. It had an energy that just was different. I don't know, so
0: it kind of shot it up to one of my favorite songs. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's like one of the cooler ones on the album, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I said before. I, I ranked this album at number one so it's hard for me to argue with really anything on it but so anyhow
0: oh number seven yes sir take it away alright number seven is uh, what's it off of it's off of Sabotage and it is Hole in the Sky nice I just think that that one's got that kind of sludgy like I don't know, that groove to it, like you could kinda see like I think I think actually even Pantera uh covered it. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought that they did. And you can kinda see like Alice and Chains maybe coming from that end. Right. Just that kind of groove to it. Yeah, I mean that's a badass album and it's a badass
1: opening track. I mean hard to argue with it. And really my number seven is track four from Sabotage
0: megalomania yeah man that's that's one that uh was almost made my list because it's that one that starts off kind of like really slow right and then boom it just like erupts yeah
1: yeah it starts off it's a really really long drawn out ballad and it's cool you know but you're kind of getting to the point where you're like ah okay wrap this up and then they all of a sudden it changes into this fucking badass rock song. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit, okay, you know. And it ends up, I think the second half of that song is probably, I almost kind of wish it was two songs sometimes when I listen to it, because I think the beginning's cool, but I almost wish it was two tracks so I could just skip to the second part sometimes, because I I feel like the second half of that song is probably the highlight of that whole fucking record, and that's already a really Mm -hmm badass album you know
0: yeah that's why that that's why like i'm like how i said that that first half of like sabotage is like some of my favorite shit because even yeah hole in the skies on there like i just love that whole like side yeah
1: oh yeah i mean symptom of the universe is a really badass song too and yeah it's it's hard to argue with the first half of that album i mean So, I don't know, man. How about number six? Where are you at with your number six?
0: Number six. Ooh, it's uh, from one of your favorite albums, Bloody Sabbath.
1: Oh, fuck yeah.
0: It is Sabra Cadabra. And... Boy. It's weird. Like, uh, how I said Metallica, um, they covered uh, this song on Garage Inc. It's actually... One that when I bought that album in, what, 98 or 99, like, uh, when I was a teenager, I didn't give a shit about that song. Like, the ones that I liked uh, were, like, maybe, like, The Small Hours, I think. I don't know what song that is or what band did that, but I liked some of those ones on that second disc. Uh, the covers that they did in the 80s, those were the ones that really, like... I don't know, really stuck with me or like stood out right away. But then as I guess I got older or something, or as I stuck with the album a little bit more and went back, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I like their cover, but then I like the Black Sabbath version way more than their cover. It kind of blows that away. Yeah. I don't even remember what their cover sounded like of that. I mean, I have it and
1: I remember hearing it, but... No, I mean the garage days shit from Metallica was cool because <clears throat> it introduced a lot of us to older shit that was more obscure that we wouldn't have heard otherwise. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, I remember somebody playing Merciful Fate for me, and I kind of was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like I didn't know what to think of King Diamond's all high pitched screaming and stuff, and then they released that Garage Inc. and they did like a medley like a seven minute medley of several merciful fate songs all kind of running together. And I was like, God, I thought it was the baddest fucking moment on that whole. Yeah. album, You know? Yeah. They do that curse of the Pharaohs. Yeah. It ended up making me a fan, dude. I went and bought those first couple merciful fate albums and goddamn in love with them now. But, um, but you know, King diamond's voice is definitely an acquired taste. I don't think anybody listens to it the first time and goes, Oh fuck. Yeah. I love this guy. But that's a lot of that's a lot of this stuff though. I mean I'm not sure the first time I heard AC/DC that I knew what to think either, you know? Like what the hell yeah. is this guy doing, man? <laughs> but But yeah, man. Uh moving along, I guess. My turn for number 6, right? Yep. All right, so my number 6, another album closer. I just realized that so far everything except for Megalomania has been a closing song.
0: Yeah, you're the closer and I'm like the opener because I had Hole in the Sky and then War Pigs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of those moments later, I guess, but for some reason. Anyhow, Fairies Wear Boots from Paranoid. Um, I don't know. Love this song. What can I say? And like I mentioned before, when I uh, I got that Aussie compilation album that had the the demo
0: of this song. Yeah, was that the one I think we talked about before? It was like Osme and Comet?
1: I think so, yeah. And I just really, I was like, oh, fuck, why have I not heard this song before? I think there was like the demo for that and the demo for War Pigs or something. But, um, but yeah, I just really liked it and it has always been a a standout to me, and I think maybe just because it's one of my earliest memories of getting into Black Sabbath, you know, so you always kind of gravitate back towards, you know, the stuff that got you your introduction to it, you know? Yeah. So Oh, for sure. So I think that's why. It's just one of those, I have a hard time not always thinking of
0: that song when I think of Black Sabbath, so... Yeah, like, I think at first, too, for me, like, with that song, it was, like, misleading. I was like, what? fairy wears, Fairies Wear Boots? That's a silly title. But then it just fucking, like, knocks you out of your boots almost.
1: Yeah, and then they talk about it like it's some evil thing, too. And it's like, <laughs> I just, it's so absurd that it's kind of great, you know, when it comes to the lyrical content. But I don't know. So we are
0: on to your number five. My number five. All right. Uh, it's another opener track, I guess. And the thing is, is that um, this would be how we've talked about it before. Maybe the one that got people into Sabbath or like, I don't know. Um, we've talked about it already. And I honestly didn't like this song at first. But as you said, hearing stuff live kind of changed your opinion. Um, mine is Black Sabbath and hearing that song live and those like you know uh chimes or whatever and like the gong or something comes in and there's like the rain and the thunderstorm on hearing right. it live it like gave me goosebumps i'm like shit this is fuck this is fucking spooky right and then they just fucking like it it builds and they fucking like rock you out it's like yeah that i think that live experience is way better than the album experience i think Yeah,
1: I you know I do remember seeing that live and it being a highlight. I love that song and it was that was a hard one to not have on my list too. I mean, but it's not. Spoiler alert! (laughs) But I can't argue with you, man. I you know know, I don't think it's absurd for that to be um,
0: before with a couple songs. Yeah. No, it's great too, I, dude.
1: I'm kind of the opposite. I, I do remember it being a highlight <clears throat> live and everything, but man, I, there's something, something about that recording that I don't know. Every time I listen
0: to it, I'm like, God, this just sounds. I don't know. There's just something. Maybe about yeah, that something it with Ozzy's vocals then too, because it's obviously like I don't think his vocals would have been as good in 2013 as they were way back then. So yeah, yeah I mean. Probably- he- He
1: sounds kind of different on that record, though, too. You think about it, you go back and listen to it, and it's like he's kind of coming into his own, and there was just something about the way his vocals were on that record. Yeah. He never sounded like that again, you know? Like, you can tell it's him, but it's still just different. Like, he just didn't quite have his thing dialed in yet. But I think there's something about that that's really cool, and, you know. I use the word charm a lot, but it's... (laughs) You know, it is what it is. Maybe I mean, The Mystique a, or something. There's a like charm it. to it, man. You, you know, his vocals sound real and vulnerable throughout that whole thing. And <clears throat> I don't know. It's a great song. Now I'm almost sad I didn't put it on my list, but, oh. but I didn't. <laughs> so my number five is Children of the Grave. Ooh. And man. it's really hard to not listen to that. Like I said, man, just that intro, you know and when it kicks in i i just i always just picture like a sea of fucking people in the crowd in front of the stage just jumping in time with that
0: that groove you know da 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 you know yeah like uh, i had that kind of almost experience cuz uh, i was at stone sour uh, they covered that in Gross. 2013 at one of the 1057 the x shows and that is what you're saying. It's like that was kind of the highlight of the set because people were fucking into it and I was into it because I'm not, I'm not really a Stone Sour fan that much. I like some <coughs> of their songs, but then when they did that, it kind of like – I kind of came alive. Yeah. It's
1: hard not to, man. That's just – that whole intro, man, is just the shit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have anything really else. To say <laughs>
0: about that, <laughs> I think when I first heard that song, it was like White Zombie covered it. I don't know if it was on one of those Sabbath tribute albums or oh, might have yeah. been Rob Zombie's greatest hits. I think, but
1: I think uh, I think there was something on a that Nativity in Black tribute to Sabbath thing. I think there was two yeah. volumes of that, and it was maybe on one of those.
0: I haven't heard those in forever. That just yeah, Children of the Grave just like. Barely missed my list. It's a tough one, but there's oh, sorry, a let lot. You
1: know. There's a lot to cover here, and to narrow it down to ten songs, it's tough. So, um, so we're on to your
0: number four, right? Yeah, it's another. Uh, <laughs> know, what was it? Basic Bastards <laughs> Sabbath song. Uh, it is N.I.D. And I think the thing that I love about this song is it's fucking heavy. It's got that fucking like sick like riff. Uh, but the thing is, is I almost feel like if I ever got married, uh, the lyrics would be my wedding vows.
1: My name is Lucifer. Come take my hand. <laughs> well, I would change that part,
0: but like. <laughs> Goddamn, uh, yeah. Andy. Other than the Lucifer part, it sounds like a fucking love song, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I guess. Please take my hand, you
1: know? I think, it, I mean, dude, I love that song. It was a yeah. hard one not to put on my list. I. I just I don't know it's a hard list to make man
0: so I don't I don't know if I'm ever gonna get married then cause some girl would fucking like walk out
1: you gonna do like a spoken word you want me to yeah. come play the guitar riff I'll stand behind the minister and you can <laughs> do your awesome. v- your vows would just be you doing a spoken word thing over my guitar riff fuck yeah dude I need to find the girl like right now <laughs> I don't think I'd rush out to get married just so we can do that. It'd be funny, but
0: I don't think the uh, inevitable divorce would be too humorous. Yeah. It'd be like the quickest wedding and divorce ever. The quickest turnaround. Man, dude, I don't know. Might want to give Britney
1: Spears a call then. (laughs) She she knows a thing or two about that. Maybe we can get her on the show, man. Yeah. We'll have to... I don't know, we'll have to figure something out we could talk to her about other than, you know, insulting her by talking about quick divorces. But, um, So yeah, man, so I guess my number four is next on the agenda here. And this is going to seem funny because I ranked this album so low, but I love this song. And this is why I was trying to not say too much earlier and didn't want to give this away, but Never
0: Say Die. That fucking song is the shit. Yeah, that is. It, like, fucking swings, too. Like, his drums sound more, like, jazzy. Yeah, I mean, every time I hear this song,
1: it's stuck in my head the whole rest of the fucking day. You know, it is just such a great song. It bums me out what a shit record that is, because that is such a great song.
0: Hey, at least it was the title track, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just wish they would have put it on Technical Ecstasy and never made Never Say Die, but, you know. And then... There wouldn't – I guess if that album wasn't so shitty, we may have never got Dio's Heaven and Hell. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that with them hitting rock bottom and creatively making one of their shittiest albums that spawned like a whole new peak for them. I mean – but that's maybe a separate episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Talking – going into the Dio era, but –
0: Yeah, because actually like – uh to tell you the truth uh I I actually prefer Sabbath with Dio more than Sabbath with Ozzy.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's two totally different things, man. It's like apples yeah. and oranges there. Yeah, they are. I can't really say that I prefer one over the other. I would probably say Ozzy just because I was a fan of this stuff longer than I was the Dio stuff. But I mean, shit, mob rules and heaven and
0: hell. I mean, you can't really argue with those albums. That's Yeah, they almost are. Like yeah, like you're seeing two different bands cuz the Aussie stuff, yeah, from the 70s is almost like with an exception to some of the last albums, it's like more like raw, and the Dio stuff is almost more like polished and like epic or like melodic or something. So it Well, yeah,
1: they went from being like kind of like this stoner sludge metal type hard rock band to like power metal you know so I mean they went from singing about you know Satan and drugs and political shit to I don't know Dio's dragons and wizards and devils and shit (laughs) you know yeah Um, Uh, children of the sea I mean I guess it's not all that way but you know that's kind of He just has such a mystical thing about him. I mean, he really was the most logical next step for Sabbath, you know? Like, how do you replace Ozzy? Well, you find somebody that's like this caricature-type figure that is just as majestic and extreme but in, like, a totally different way. You just go do this totally different thing, kind of. But, yeah, you're number three. Be your number three next, right? Because I just did never say diet number four.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Sorry. I don't know. Like, I guess I was wanting to hear yours, but um, oh
1: well, it's pretty awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, number three. I think it's fucking awesome. I even spoiled it the other day in a text message. Oh no
1: way. We're gonna have
0: the same number three then if it's what I uh, think it is. My number three is fucking super not. Yeah. And I swear, dude, listening to this the last like couple days. I want to fucking turn this all the way up as loud as the volume on my stereo will go and make myself deaf, or something.
1: Or something. (laughs) Or whatever the other options are that don't. Or
0: just piss off my neighbor. Dude. I want to turn it up as loud as humanly possible.
1: Well, there you go. We had the same number three. So I figured we would line up on something at some point. But yeah, dude, that song fucking slams. Like it's.
0: Dude, the drums, man. He's just fucking wailing
1: away. Yeah, that's a that's a tough song to beat, man. That's like a band at their fucking height where they just... They just say, look, man, this is what we do. We fucking play. We play loud, you know. We're a guitar riff band. Let's just fucking... Because, I mean, at the end of the day, man, the music carries the song. It's not like Ozzy's parts or anything. I mean, they... There's a good melody, but it just works.
0: It works because of everything working together. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I even kind of like some of the lyrics as, like, Jesus, are you talking about the dish running away with the spoon or like following it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I you know, reach out and touch
1: the sky. <laughs> it's just a cool song. I don't, I mean, it kicks in and it's really hard to not just want to start throwing shit and yeah like that's one thing too and...
0: with this song or actually with going through these albums is like i guess i really dismissed bill ward and i don't know if it's because how i said i like uh, the um dio era well he's really not in the band much until they like reunite with ozzy a few times right? because uh, uh, they had what that Appice was drumming for a while eric singer was a drummer for a little bit i think some guy cozy powell or whatever but geezer butler kind of stuck it out for a while and came in and out and then bill ward wasn't there for like the 2013 reunion and album so maybe i just dismissed them as not a huge huge part of the band but then some of these songs listening to it i'm like Holy shit! Like that dude was fucking like swinging on the drums, like that Supernod or like Never Say Die. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: No, he's not a shitty drummer. That's no. for sure, man. <clears throat> um, I I just imagine probably the reason why he's been snubbed on the like the later reunion that we saw him on was, you know, being a drummer's. Obviously, a little bit more physically demanding than just standing there and playing guitar or standing there and singing, and you know,
0: yeah, you got to keep the beat or keep. That's the probably time one of those things, man. You can't I can't get.
1: Do it. Yeah, you get too old to do that probably quicker than you do anything else. I mean, you know, I for one remember Geezer Butler being a fucking beast. Though, I mean, that dude, obviously, is a great player. That's no secret. And he'd be, he'd be in my top ten, probably top five bass players of all time. And seeing him live was, uh, you know, seeing Tony Iommi live in person was pretty badass enough. But, man, there was something about Geezer Butler where it's like, ah, fuck, man. That's why that guy is the shit. That's why people love him because he really is the shit, you know. I mean, there's a few bass players you see live that really stand out, you know. He's one of them for sure. (laughs) So... He's a he's a fucking force man All in himself So, Well I guess you know my number 3 Since it was your number 3
0: So what's your number 2? My number 2 Is Symptom of the Universe Oh nice It's just got The Tony Iommi like you know Monster sound but then it's got Like some kind of other stuff going on Like, like melodic stuff It's a solid ass song man So that's why I would say, too, how I said, like, originally, Sabotage was, like, my favorite album because of that whole, like, yeah, like, first, like, side. But then I'm like, I don't know if I can rate an album that high based on one side. So I'm like, all right, I'll give the love because, yeah, Symptom of the Universe. I'm like, I'm going to give it love in my songs uh, list. Right on. So... Well, all right, that's all I got, though. So <laughs> I feel like, you know, my top
1: two are kind of where I get basic bitches, bitch-ish, or bastard-ish. I guess we changed Bastard. the term. There we go. <laughs> but, I mean, it is what it is, man. Their songs are great. There's a reason why they're so well-known. But my number two is Sweet Leaf. So, you know, uh, to, uh, to, uh, yeah. to me, it's one of the coolest openers man it just slams in with that riff i love that riff it's always been one of my favorite riffs and again like i mentioned before i mean sometimes your introduction to a band is just what sticks with you for so long and you know i mentioned that ugly kid joe covering this on their on their debut ep was kind of one of my first memories of hearing sabbath so it might be why it's still one of my favorite sabbath songs the end. <laughs> That's all I have. That's all I have to say about that. Isn't that like Forrest Gump? That's all I have to say yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, it was just my bad impression. So, <laughs> um. So yeah, man. I don't know. I guess. I guess now it's down to the final, the final topic of the, of the episode. Your number one and my number one. What's your number one?
0: My number one is another uh opening track and it is sabbath bloody sabbath i think that song just oh it's <coughs> like got that fucking like monster like tony Iommi riff and then uh i think this song could like peel the fucking paint off your walls or something because it stinks so bad
1: fuck no <laughs> i'm just kidding because <laughs> it smells like one of them kind of farts no, I no, I actually do. I mean, that's not really one of my favorite songs, but
0: that is obviously one of the better songs off that album. So, um, yeah, because you like the closer tracks and I like the opening tracks.
1: So. No, I mean I like that song, but it w- I wouldn't put it up there. I mean, there's there's songs of theirs that I like that are just you know not quite up to par with, I guess, what I consider their really badass tracks, you know? Like, a lot of people like Electric Funeral from uh, Paranoid, and it's just really never been one of
0: my favorites, you know? It almost sounds like, listening to it, isn't it like, Electric Funeral? It almost sounds like a slowed down Iron Man. Well, that's
1: what bugs me, I think, is the fact that, I was going to say that, actually, the fact that that and Iron Man are back-to-back. And they're both songs where...
0: Yeah, it's the, like part one and part two or
1: something. Yeah, it's like the vocals just follow the fucking guitar riff to the point of... By the time you listen to two songs in a row that are exactly like that, it's like,
0: oh, come on, you know? So, I don't know. I kind of thought it was like part one and part two, not to like um uh, keep going back to it, but he's Iron Man, and he goes through the electric field or whatever... And then now he's got an electric funeral because he died. Hmm. So, yeah. Maybe. I never even thought about that. So you're a much more, you know. No, he went through the magnetic field. Sorry. But still, I mean, electric something. I don't know. It just sounds like part one and part two to me. Hey, yeah. You got me sold on it, Andy. I
1: think that even if the guys in Black Sabbath don't say that that's the case, I think that you're right. And they're wrong, even though they wrote the song. So. So I redeemed
0: myself then for my number
1: one. Well, I don't know about that, but. (laughs) No, okay, so my number one is, you know, another basic bastard moment, right?
0: But. What? It's going to be Snowblind?
1: No. No, it's more basic than that. That's not really very basic. No, my number one is War Pigs.
0: Oh, well see that's not that basic cause that was the one that what on my scratch list that I scratched out that was like my number one so yeah, yeah
1: no it's a pretty I mean like I said a lot of bands cover it and stuff and you hear it a lot but it's man, the it's, Sabbath sound it's a badass fucking song though dude I don't really give a shit if you don't like that song then you don't like Black Sabbath I don't see how the fuck you could be a fan and not like that song yeah. I mean, the lyrics are great. The fact that it's like three different songs, you know, or almost like four different songs, because it's... And I've never really figured it out if it's supposed to be like... Because War Pigs slash Luke's Wall, right? So is that whole outro thing on the guitar supposed to be like a separate part? Is that Luke's Wall? I don't know. I don't know.
0: know. I never figured that out either. I but never really tried like to figure it out. Is this almost like their Stairway to Heaven? Because it it just builds... And builds and builds,
1: right? Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of like three parts, man, or four parts, maybe even more. Because you got you got the intro thing, dun, dun dun, you know, and then it comes in, dun dun, and then it's kind of a song with all the lyrics and everything, and then it kind of goes into the where it starts jamming, digga digga down dun dun, dun, dun. dun-dun-dun-dun. It goes into a fucking guitar solo and then it has this whole outro guitar solo thing that almost seems like a totally different song. It just, I don't know. But it all fits together. Like, you're never exhausted listening to it. You're never like, ah, fuck, would they just hurry it up and wrap this up? Because there's so much melody in there, you know, like, everything is melodic. The intro, though it's kind of droning and slow and drawn out, it's melodic. Then... The generals gather in their masses, you know. I'm not going to sit here and sing for everybody, but (laughs) um, nobody wants to hear that anyhow. But they – but like that's all really melodic. And then it kicks in and it's jamming and then the guitar riff is super melodic and his vocals are super melodic. Then the fucking guitar solo is super melodic. Like you can almost sing the fucking guitar solo and then the whole guitar outro thing, you can pretty much sing along with it, you know and you see him live and people do, you know, you yeah. get the crowd going oh oh, you know. Again, I'm yes, not going to say. That's sing what people do with
0: Iron Maiden too, right? Cuz like I think they sing the guitar riffs. Yeah, I've never seen Iron Maiden live to be honest with you so. I actually heard And I have heard heard like the live and loud or something or not live and loud Yeah, the live in Rio or rock in Rio where that's I think uh, where it started or something and I wasn't sure what I was listening to and then I just from being more of a fan and seeing them live it's like yeah, like I think that's just the thing to do is yeah, fucking sing the sing the riffs.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, Well, it works, man. With War Pigs it's like yeah. I don't know, you see it live and you're like, "Fuck, man, it's a really magical song because of that." You realize how magical that song is. Yeah, it's like a, a communal experience. Or something sadly I'm not you know I'm not really a die hard Iron Maiden fan I have stuff I really like and most of the rest of it I could take it or leave it so
0: um I guess I can't relate to what you're speaking of with them but that's okay I was seeing with the war pigs too like singing along yeah it's like an experience right, right. with people
1: <laughs> so yeah I don't know I feel I feel good about this list yeah. I encourage people to argue with us. Get on there and be like, whatever, man, you're a fucking idiot. How would you put Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath so low on your list? And then, you know, you basic well, bitch motherfucker Sabbath with so war pigs at number one.
0: So we'll see. Argue with us, goddammit. That's the greatest debut album of all time, and you just shit on it. Well, I didn't really shit on it,
1: Nah, there's there's too much there. There's too many good, yeah, too much good shit, man. It's good. It's just not as good. Those first five albums are so fucking good. It's like, how do you really? There's not really a wrong answer there, you know. So, I mean, dude, yeah. if you put Sabotage at number number one, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. I'd be like, yeah, that's a badass record, man. You know. But
0: then I did. I had a one that was worse. You like worse? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't agree with your number one at all, but, you know, who knows? One day, maybe 10 years from now, I'll just wake up and
0: put that on the turntable and go, shit, man, Andy was right. You'll be laughing when I'm making money and I have a ballet school that's dedicated <laughs> to music. I'm making in the money. Oh, man.
1: Nah, I'll just be coming over and asking for a loan. <laughs> Hey
0: man, I need to buy a new guitar. All right, here you go.
1: I'll tell you what, man. As much as fucking ballet cost, I encourage you to start a school if you can, because somebody's banking on that one. I know what we paid for her to go to ballet school, and it was, you know, for a kid for a little. God, she only did it from the time she was like two till she was like seven. Probably not that young. Probably from like three or four until she was like seven. She did it for like four years, I think. But shit was expensive, man. She only had like one recital, you know, there was one weekend. I think three nights of recitals. It was crazy what it cost, but Damn. uh, I'm glad she quit. (laughs) She didn't. She just wanted to concentrate on playing sports and stuff and She wasn't really that interested in ballet anymore. Probably because they didn't let her dance to Sabbath, so... (laughs) I was like, that's fine, honey, because, Jesus Christ, softball and basketball is a hell of a lot cheaper.
0: You're like, that's enough. If you're going to dance to Sabbath, pick a better album. (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, that's funny, that, dude. Because I, I don't—I mean, I have no recollection of that. What you ta- that story you're talking about. But
0: really, oh,
1: I mean, I just thought it
0: was—it just was so bizarre that it stuck out, and it was funny to me.
1: I guess that's just like everyday shit for me, man. I don't think anything of it, dude. <laughs> you got to figure one of Harry's go-to songs is "Jesus Built My Hot Rod" by Ministry, so. <laughs> dude. I put that on, and Harry loses his fucking mind every time. Like we'll have people over, and I'll just be like, hey. You want to
0: see harry freak out check this shit out
1: and then I'll, it like
0: i'll put that uh, maybe song he on. just likes the beginning where it's like uh jesus was a carpenter and he and he uh damn along my ding long or whatever yeah. no dude he sits there he'll
1: just stand there waiting with his ornery look on his face during that whole introduction and then when it kicks in he just loses his fucking mind <laughs> starts head banging and pumping his fist and stomping around the kitchen and dude, it's the funniest shit you've ever seen that is awesome, man. <laughs> it's it's pretty badass, actually. But yeah, so <laughs> so the yeah. fact that you know Dahlia was doing ballet to Black Sabbath years back really isn't. Yeah, isn't dude, like you said, just everyday life. Yeah, it's just what we do around here. <laughs> well, hey, man. On that note, I feel like uh, we might as well wrap this thing up. We've been going strong here for a while, and people are probably tired of listening to our horse shit.
0: So you got to get back to your crazy kids and see what else they're up to.
1: I do. I got to go try to spend some quality time with them and get back to warping their minds with heavy metal music. (laughs) So, all right, folks. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thank you. And uh, you guys be good to each other. Stay home. Stay healthy. Let's get through this fucking thing.